please? Good morning. It's good to be with you here this morning. We're having a little unique Sunday this morning, so I'll give you a little bit of a summary of what you're going to see this morning so that you are uh, kind of know what's coming up. But uh, I think you've heard, hopefully you've seen this, the video from Cheryl or from announcements from Alyssa last week that we are looking forward this morning to celebrating some stories. And so uh, hearing multiple stories from multiple people of our church family. So if you're in the tradition of really wanting to hear a preacher this morning, that's I guess that's me this morning, but I won't be talking that much. If you're fine without a preacher, just call me the facilitator. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, watch it. <laughs> Straight, yeah. Finn, you're a character already, aren't you? So we have this morning, we're going to have a, a variety of speakers, but uh, one we thought was particularly uh uh, kid-friendly, and so we decided to move that up to the middle of the service. And so if I could invite Sarah Thomas and, and Molly on up. Good morning. How are we doing today? Good. So um, since we're in the waste groups together, you kind of let out that you have a little bit of a, a regular uh tradition or thing that you do that involves Molly, we, I was interested in letting everybody hear about it this morning. Sure. Um, my kids and I, we go once a month to Independence Village and do pet therapy with the residents. So we take our dog Molly to visit memory care and assisted living uh, the first Sunday of every month. All right. So is it hard to get your dog approved or everything to get into that? Yeah, no, it's not. Um, actually, this whole incident stemmed from... Uh, uh, for fifth Sunday. So we went on a fifth Sunday to Independence Village last year and played balloon volleyball with residents. And my son, Dima, asked, uh, asked me to ask them, could we bring our dog sometime? And they said, absolutely. We didn't have to have her certified. Um, as you can see, she's extremely friendly and relaxed. So uh, we started, we worked with the person there, and we started scheduling times. And we can now go the first Sunday of every month. So Very good. Yeah, when, when we have Oasis at their house, I, I think I'm Molly's favorite. Just want to let you know. But <laughs> uh, could you share maybe a, a personal story or something about an inter, inter, interaction you had with a specific resident there? Sure. I have a couple residents that um, in the memory care that I can share about. Um, we have one resident. Uh, he has no family in this area. They all live out west. So whenever we take Molly, they take pictures and they post them on their website, and they've commented how much that means to the family to be able to see those and see how well taken care of he is, but also that he has visitors and friends to come see him. Um, we have another resident who just started in memory care probably like six months ago, and when we would go to visit, she didn't want any visitors. She told us no. We went in anyways and um, had her climb up on the bed, and as soon as she started petting Molly, she started to tell us, all about what she did in her life, um, what her career was. We ended up spending about 10 minutes with her. She was smiling. She thanked us when we left. She is now um, one of Molly's favorites. She goes and sits on her lap uh, every week. And sometimes when she's having a bad week um, and she's not wanting to come out of her room, we'll go into her room. And Molly always helps kind of draw her out a little bit. And so it's been really neat to watch the connection between Molly and the residents and what she can pull out of them that, that we can't. Very cool. Well, I appreciate it so much being the, willing to be the first one to share a, a story about reaching out and just uh, maybe going outside the comfort zone a little bit, but it's neat to hear that it's the 
sometimes the little ones will lead us, both the dogs and the children will lead us there. So thanks a lot for sharing. Good morning. God is good all the time. God is good. I uh, am privileged to spend a few minutes to tell you about the Curex Ministry Program. Many of you may have seen the trailer sitting out here the last few weeks. Right now it's in St. Louis. But let me just spend a few minutes telling you a little bit about the program. The goal of Curex Ministry is to bring the good news of the salvation through Jesus Christ into the Michigan prisons and beyond, actually. But many of the prisons, including St. Louis, which is 40 minutes away, Saginaw, and even up in the UP and around the state, have these Curex weekends. The program involves two weekends a year for St. Louis, where I work, and a few others. It's the last week in April and the last weekend in October. Guess what this weekend is? It's the last weekend in October. So Wayne Johnson, Bob Lane, and Bill Swenson, and normally I would do this too as well, but I had other commitments, are in St. Louis right now, finishing up this morning, Curex number 20. The Curex program has about 30 outside members or team members team up with around 28 inside uh, candidates that had been through the program to put on a weekend that start, started Thursday night, goes all the way through Friday, Saturday, and through this morning, and about uh, probably 1 or 2 o'clock they will end up the program. There are 42 candidates each time, so we're number 20. So up to this point, what's 20, 20 times 42, there have been a, over 800 men that have been introduced to the gospel. It doesn't end there. It's not a one-and-done deal. Our goal is to go back into the prisons every Sunday night around 6 o'clock and have a grouping with them. We have a time of worship and prayer and sharing, and then the men meet in groups to encourage each other, to exhort each other, and to keep themselves accountable to the Lord, to keep study and prayer. It's been a wonderful experience. Uh, I don't have a brother as a sibling. I have a sister. But I've told the men many times that I have hundreds of brothers in Christ through the Curex program, and it's been a real delight. One of those brothers is with us this morning, Mark Bennett, and I'm going to ask him to come on up and share with us about how he was introduced to the program and what it's meant to him. Good morning. Uh, I got to tell you, this has been a prayer. <laughs> Prepared. <laughs> this has been a, a prayer of mine for nearly eight years. And it's like a dream being up here now that it's happening. Just the good Lord works in details, right? So uh, my name is Mark Bennett. And for nearly eight years, I was more commonly known as 822187 within the MDOC. And the reason why my sentence was so long was because I was too arrogant and proud to take the plea deal. And I went to trial over it, knowing I was guilty. 
And that's significant to this part of the story because the plea deal was for four years. I lost. They gave me eight years. But in those last four years, that's when I found really the Lord really worked on me and found me within the Curex program. Let me give you just a little bit of Bible history. It's a significant, and like I said, the Lord works in details. I'm studying Nehemiah right now, my stepdad, Jim. And, you know, his Jerusalem laid in waste for 140 years before he was compelled to go back and try to restore it. And I couldn't imagine going back somewhere where something had laid in ruins for 140 years saying, I'm going to rebuild that. Well, that's kind of how I felt in that time. Like there were parts of my life that just laid in ruins. There was just no hope. Well, my Nehemiahs showed up. Wayne Johnson, Bob Lane, Bill Swenson, Dan Swart. Week after week through the Curex program, after I'd done my weekend, they came and they brought the love of Christ. They really showed me what the heart of Christ really meant, the selfless love of God. And it changed me. It changed me. And so I stand here today as a, a changed man. I'm grateful to be in this church. It's a dream come true. Purex is so powerful. And I would just encourage you that if the good Lord has been moving you in an area of ministry and you're just not quite sure of where he was going to take you, please add Curex to your prayers. Some of those men that are in there, they don't get visits. They don't talk to anyone. They don't get letters. They don't, can't make a phone call. Family members and friends have abandoned them over what they've done. They just feel like there's no hope. I felt like that. I, I was fortunate to have a great family to you know, get me through it with the good Lord's help. But you could be that one person, the only visit that one of those men ever sees. And what better way than to bring the word of the Lord to them and let them know that there's hope beyond those fences, that they're loved regardless of what they've done, the unconditional love of Christ. That's what this man and others brought to me, and I would just encourage you to, to do the same in your prayers. I'm so grateful to be here and accepting my family. I appreciate it. Thank you. So one of the things we encourage the men to do is after they've been through the weekend, join the Curex community. And on these Sunday nights, we have anywhere from 60 to 85 men come and meet and worship together. And we really keep our eyes open for leaders. And Mark became one of those leaders, a very good leader. They run those Sunday night meetings. They prepare who's going to speak and who's going to help greet people and, and do all the counting. And Mark has done a fabulous job with that. I still remember some of the talks he gave. Uh, I might even ask him to comment about his WAIT acronym. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks for those nice words, Dan. Um, I've done this a hundred times, stood up in front of inmates and volunteers. And um, so when he they had asked me if, this was, if I was interested in doing this this morning, I was very interested, but very nervous. I thought, well, this is my first speaking engagement in public. Um, I was released September 4th, so I was like, boy, Lord, you're really working pretty fast. So uh, <laughs> so I, I pray often, and I had some things prepared today, and as many of you probably know, that, that 
when the time comes and you're ready to go, the Lord will go, no, nah, I'm changing that. I'm going to take you this way. And submission is a good thing, right? So uh, that had happened a few times when I went to speak, uh, when it was my turn to lead for the weekend, when they would or for the week, the Sunday night meetings, when they would come in. It was my turn one night. And through the week, I'd had problems with keeping my mouth shut. And so I'd prayed about it, studied about it, and I had heard an acronym. I'd read it in a book that, I, uh, that talked about those types of things. And the acronym was WAIT, the word WAIT. Why am I talking? And so I brought that in as part of the sermon, and it really struck a chord with Dan. He's like, I'm not going to forget that because so often we get caught up in trying to help. We just want to help or, and say things when somebody just wants us to listen. I've been uh, in a position many times where guys want to talk to me and they're bleeding out and telling me everything that's going on with them. And, I'm, and I want to say, well, there's a verse or try this or whatnot, when really they just wanted to, to be heard. And so that was a, a great, powerful acronym that it stuck with us to this day. And that was probably two years ago or so. So that was cool. Thank you very much, Mark. So this morning, as I've mentioned, we're doing a lot of story sharing, and I think uh, you can probably tell from the first couple stories already that uh, we have some exciting things that come to me. I'm shocked at how relatable it is straight out of the scriptures, and so I'm going to share with us a scripture out of Matthew 25, um, kind of just to help us keep focused on the, the stories and the calling that we're called to do. Matthew 25 in, uh, I was thinking about this week, it's kind of humorous because I don't know if those of you who've been here back when I preached the first couple times, six, seven years ago, I, I kept getting asked by Mike or whoever to uh, to preach on like Revelation or End Times or something like that. So I always thought that was kind of strange, but it's not usually something I preach on. But Matthew 25 is actually uh, in, in the section here we're going to be in, it's called the final judgment. And we're going to just read though a portion of it. In verse 34, Jesus is saying, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in to your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick. And you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we see you ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So I thought that passage pretty well illustrated what we're doing this morning is sharing stories of when people from our church family have met Jesus, of when we, when our church family have gone and listened to the Spirit's calling and been willing to just be nudged by the Spirit a little bit and to try something new and to meet someone new. Um, essentially, another famous passage, you know, we're called to love our neighbor. And this morning is 
just sharing some illustrations on how do we literally love our neighbor. Uh, I came across a little short two-minute video also that I, that I thought this guy describes things better than I can too. So this is a Bishop Ware, uh, and he is going to share us a little bit about Jesus' love. It starts pretty quick with his voice, so just so you know, the first question the, the videographer is asking, he says, when you look at Christ, what kind of love do you see? Let's see what the bishop has to say. Love has to be personal. The fullness of love is not just to feel a general love for the human race as a whole. We need to love particular persons. Love of my neighbor means love of my immediate neighbor, not just of distant people, but of those whom I meet face to face. And that's what we see in Jesus. During his life, he is constantly meeting people. There are a whole series of encounters. He meets Nicodemus who comes to him by night. He meets the Samaritan woman beside the well. And he calls his particular disciples. He has an inner circle with whom he shares his daily life, not because he ignores everybody else, but because you need to start with this and that person. So he chooses Peter, James and John, the other disciples. And then throughout his life, we see a whole series of encounters, meetings face to face. The love of Jesus is expressed towards individual people. And even on the cross, he's reaching out to the two others who are being crucified with him. He is saying to one of them, today you will be with me in paradise. So one sees here in Jesus a constant outgoing love. constant outgoing love. I, I just like the way he, he phrased it and talked about what, how Jesus went and met people. And it wasn't just a theory. He talked about, he mentioned how it's easy. It's not just about loving people in a, a uh, hypothetically across the world, whatever, which kind of struck me because I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm pretty good at loving people from a distance, loving people I don't know, uh, loving people in theory. It's kind of, I'm pretty good at that. Uh, loving them on Facebook even, or something like that, from a distance. But Jesus is calling us to loving people in actuality. I, I still think we should love people in a distance, too. Donations and caring and, and raising awareness to people that are all the way across the world. I'm definitely in, in favor of that. But this is such an important reminder that the calling is to love our actual neighbors, too. People that we actually interact with day to day. Um, and so today we, we're going to do a little bit more. We're going to have about three and more here stories listening to people today who either are loving their neighbors or even been loved by their neighbors. And so I want to invite uh, Beth, if she'd come up first, she's going to share with us first. 
make sure the mic's on. So Beth, we, I think we've heard you share a little bit about Phoenix Farm before a little bit and, and, uh, and the great work that's doing to help feed hungry people and that kind of thing. We're kind of interested today, though, um, maybe like what do you find yourself doing on a regular basis when you're out working on that farm? So I wanted to share a little bit about we, the work we did all summer. Um, we've had tons of volunteers, um, people, groups of people come out um, on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, we were able to donate 1,420 pounds of produce this year, um, 1,392 eggs. Um, and we were only able to do that with the help of volunteers, and we were able to work together towards those goals. Um, we also um, we work on educating people, so we did a pickling class and had um, seven participants for that, and we were able to make a YouTube video of that class so that it can be accessed um, online. Um, one of the things that we did on a fifth Sunday with um, volunteers from here and um, some volunteers um, from Drug Court, um, we made a produce stand, um, and the produce stand was out at the end of the driveway at Phoenix Community Farm. Um, we had signs on our produce stand that it was stocked every Friday. Um, in September, um, we did the Midland Fresh trailer to Floyd Church of God on Tuesdays, and then we stocked our stand on Fridays. It was very busy. Um, we got at least 500 pounds of our um, total was in September, so it was a very crazy time. Um, we put up a sign in September that we would be done with the produce stand in October and when our produce ran out. Um, I also have a sign on a stand um, with my phone number on it, just in case anybody wanted to volunteer or had questions. Um, I never got any calls all summer long. <laughs> um, but in one Friday in October, um, it was rainy, and I was tired. <laughs> so I did not go out and stock the stand at all. I got a call on Saturday from a lady, and she said, um, are you done for the year? Are you out of produce? Um, and I said, no. <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's food out there. Uh, let's go do it. So I made a time and I met her um, and we were able to walk around the garden together um, and harvest the produce, what was remaining um, together. And she told me her story and I got to share some of my upbringing and some of the reasons why we're doing this. Um, but it was really powerful to hear her story. Um, she was uh, between jobs. Uh, she was due to start her new job that week, um, but in the in-between time was having a difficult time, and she was regular on her produce stand. She was there Friday at noon to make sure she got the things that she needed. Um, she was working on her health. Um, she told me that she had lost 50 pounds um, on a certain diet that she was following, and when she was between jobs, she couldn't afford the vegetables that she wanted. Um, and so she was so happy to have the produce stand to be able to get those vegetables. Um, it was, for me, it was a blessing from God that um, when I was really at the end of myself, at the end of what I could do, 
God came in and um, helped me and provided that connection. The face-to-face, the why. This person, this is exactly why I started it. I met ladies on a regular basis. When I was working, um, doing well health exams, who said, well, I can't do that. I can't get healthier. I can't afford that food. And so that's the reason why I started. Um, that's one of the reasons why I started doing this. And so it was a great refreshment to be able to connect with the person and see um, that it was really paying off. Um, and also, you know, coming to the end of myself, I see God working and providing more volunteers. We had a wonderful group of volunteers who went and helped with cleanup um, on the farm, even though I couldn't come because we were in the emergency room with my husband. So uh, all was well. (laughs) But I missed the gardening day then too. But God provides, um, and he provides so much. um, And it's not... It's not always what we do, but just showing up. For sure. Thank you so much for sharing. I think you answered all my questions. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's all right. You can give it to me. Very cool. Very neat. Uh, it just keeps striking me. I mean, the, of the of the commands from the Bible we have, we've already heard from people visiting widows or or. or um, those that are sick, those in prison, feeding the hungry. Uh, it's really g- great to hear stories of how you actually just are the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, next, I want to invite Matt up. And he, uh, if you don't know Matt, you, you should because he's involved in everything around here. But <laughs> <laughs> And I, I've known Matt for a little while, working in youth ministry too. So we've done some youth trips and different things together, and then we started partnered a little bit with Young Life, and he's been working with them a little bit, so I wanted him to share a little bit how that happened maybe and, and a little bit about that. Yeah, so so Brad uh, kind of came to me I mean, and said, you know, I think there's an opportunity for MRC to, to partner with, with Young Life. Um, uh, Brad, knowing kind of what was going on in the community, uh, Pam Nigro, who goes to our church, uh, being involved with Young Life, um, they knew, you know, there was, there was a bit of a, a reset going on with Young Life, a new leader coming in. Uh, to kind of lead the the Midland area, and uh, so with that, you know, again, Brad kind of got me hooked up with Jared, the new leader, and um, you know, we decided, you know, yeah, this this is a good opportunity for for us to kind of, you know, us to lead, you know, give what we could to Young Life, um, me to give what I could to Young Life, and uh, Young Life to kind of provide a, a framework for for youth ministry for. Uh, for the high schoolers uh, here in MRC as well. Yeah, very good. And so um, can you describe a little bit maybe uh, how Young Life's philosophy on ministry works really well with kind of what we're talking about today, meeting people actually where they are? Yeah, that literally (laughs) is Young Life, uh, meet kids where they are. Um, And so that's everything from you know, for people that, that can make time in their schedules, uh, you know, Jared, the leader, he, he coaches freshman football at Dow. You know, he's looking to coach other teams. And so he gets involved in the community that way. Um, one of the, the uh, female leaders, she coaches uh, Palm. Um, she's a volunteer coach for Palm. And then for us who can't necessarily 
you know, get into coaching or anything like that, uh, you know, at least in the high school, um, you know, we show up at lunches and it's so awkward, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like to show up at, at, at a high school lunch and walk around. And, like I literally had a girl walk up to me and she goes, hi, mister. <laughs> you look lost. What are you, what are, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, um, so we, and, and we just try and, you know, strike up conversations where we can. Um, you know, the drama club had a, a table. Go and talk to them, you know, buy a couple of their, their $1 wooden roses to support the club and, and talk to them about, um, you know, their lives, what's going on with them. Um, and, uh, and then there are other folks, you know, who are, who are there, there's, a, there's a gentleman named uh, John Walter, and uh, this guy's amazing. So he was a Young Life volunteer uh, well into his 60s. So he was going into the high schools, into high school lunches, well into his 60s and meeting and loving on kids. And um, he, during the middle of the summer, uh, said, hey, I've got this kid that I met. You should contact him. Uh, you know, and that eventually got to me. Um, and again, it's super awkward calling kind of, hi, this is Matt. Uh, I'm with Young Life and radio silence for, for months. And then school started and it was like, let's give this, let's give this another try. Called again. And got a hold of of mom, and mom's like, "Yeah, here, here, here he is," and uh, and and uh, puts him on the phone, and um, I'm like, "So, young life, would you like to like to come?" So, what do you what do you do there? And it's like, well, you know, we have fun, we do some games, we, um, you know, we we play some music, we sing some songs, and then we talk about Jesus. And he's, and I was like, "Does that sound like something that you you'd like to do?" And you could hear a little bit of silence. And I bet if I had listened closely enough, you could, I could have heard mom in the background. Yes. <laughs> yes, you would like to go. Yes, I would like to go. And so so I've been forming this relationship. And I, I love I love this kid. And to be honest, um, I feel like, you know, whether things, you know, work out for his, my relationship or not, um, you know, in the long term that I'm loving on him now, I feel like God has put me uh, in this place. He set me up individually and specifically to be um, able to, to minister and love uh, on this kid who's relatively new to Midland and, you know, maybe having a little bit of a, a tough transition into, to, in, you know, adapting uh, uh, to, to life here, um, you know, and he's got mom, parents who are willing to you know, give him a little push too, you know, um, so, you know, some of the kids that we, that we love on, some of the kids have parents that are like that, like, yeah, you're going to go to Young Life. And then some of these kids... They haven't heard Jesus' name at all. You know, they're coming just because their friends are coming, um, but they're able to hear Jesus' name. They're able to hear how Jesus loves them um, every week, every Monday night. Um, and so, um, and it's growing, right? That's 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 the goal. Um, we're getting we're getting more and more kids showing up. Um, before last year, sometimes we had more leaders than we had kids, but this year it's you know totally turned on its head. You know, we're we're, we're getting. Um, a lot more kids, and so, you know, be in prayer uh, that, that that kids are willing to invite their friends. That other kids hear from us, you know, when we're when we're at lunch, that we're brave enough to say, "Hey, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hang out on Monday nights. Come to the mall. We we uh, meet at Cultivate Coffee uh, in the mall every Monday night. Um, be in prayer that that they come, that they hear that they hear that invitation, that they feel welcome, that they want to be there." Very cool. Thanks a lot, Matt. Yep. Thanks for sharing. He does a good job of describing what youth ministry basically is, is 
going around trying to be not awkward, but feeling awkward, and the youth probably feeling the same way, and it, it all turns out well in the end, though, usually. So uh, we have one more I'd like to invite up. Um, Barb Vanderhyde would, would like to come up. Hi, Barb. Good morning. So uh, we knew uh, in the office, Cheryl and I and, and Alyssa, I think that you've uh, been going through a tough time recently, and, you, and you've shared some with prayer requests. And so I was wondering if you'd like maybe just fill in those who maybe don't know uh, what's been going on lately. Yes, back in March, or actually in May and June of this year, I was shocked to be truth. I don't know. I do. That's no, okay. So let, let me uh, fill in some of the. So you you were diagnosed with cancer, and you've been going through a lot of treatments in the last few months, and having uh, um, and then recently, when kind of with along with Pastor Mike's uh, sermon on relationships, you decided to to join one of the new groups. Is that right? Yes. And uh, how how is how is that? Uh, helps through your situation? Well, MRC has been very loving, immediately praying for me, being the hands of he to Jesus, bringing meals for Mike. Yeah, that, that was one of my questions, just to help everyone understand the very specific things people did. They, people bring meals, they give you rides. Yeah, I, I have to go to Beaumont every day. Yeah. I can't do this. That's okay. Can I just pray for you? Let's pray together. Dear Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you for Barb. We thank you for the amazing strength it takes to to come up here and and, and share. And uh, we thank you for the strength that she's had through this tough tough trial. We thank you so much for her friends in this in the new group that have been helping her be in the hands and feet of Jesus, Lord. Uh, we thank you so much that you give us this family to live out your calling, Lord. We pray for this family, and we pray for Barb specifically, Lord, as she finishes up her treatment. Pray for healing. Pray for strength, peace, comfort. And we thank you so much for her and her uh, her presence in this of our of our MRC family. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So hopefully through those stories this morning, it, it can just help you understand a little bit that you don't have to be a missionary across the ocean. You don't have to... Uh, you don't even have to necessarily go to high school lunches. That's a little bit... <laughs> But there's things all around us. There's people all around us. Uh, as Pastor Mike has talked about noticing people, and last week we talked about just making space for people. Beth was overwhelmed, and yet she was willing to make space when the time came when someone needed her help. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a lot, but it might turn into a lot. But just take that first step. Um, there's lots of opportunities. Uh, I'm, Cheryl's very excited about always finding more opportunities for us to serve. So 
if you need it, ideas, call, call Cheryl or I. Um, for instance, one that I just started doing myself, actually, if you don't want to go to high school lunch, it's where they kind of look at you funny. But you can go to, I help, I got an email because um, I'm on the volunteer list uh, that Central Park schools needed help for their school lunches, just people to watch kids uh, eat, I guess. And so I'm like, I knew Central Park was a huge school, and I knew a lot of the kids, or a lot of crazy kids are in there going, running around at lunchtime because my kids have been there. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know if I really want to, but I felt like it was something I could do. Actually, I can do this partially because you guys have blessed me in my role as I have flexibility to be able to serve and volunteer in different things during the day. And so I, I go now once a week and just hang out at the lunchtime. I, right now, lately, I've been handing out the plastic silverware over lots of times, just making sure they don't forget that. Somebody's like, I need ketchup, or they have to raise their hands. And, uh, and it's still not my most favorite thing to do. But the kids that you get to go, you see, the kids that kind of light up a little bit when they, one of them remi remembers I wore a uh, Super Mario shirt one day, and we talked about Sonic, I think, that day, and he's like, you're the one that likes Sonic. I'm like, yeah. And some of them come up, some of them remember my kids from when they went there, and one of them, a couple of them want to come give me hugs, and there's nothing I have to do except help them open things, help them um, just remember to stay seated instead of running around, and uh, sometimes clean up spilled chocolate milk and uh, and syrup. Syrup's not the best day, but it's just little things. You can do that, and they, and the school takes takes you for as much as you can, for as little as you can. Those kind of things. Just volunteering, but it's not always volunteering. It's just having your time and your eyes open throughout the week to slow down and to make space for other people. How can you do that? How can you make space to meet other people? Uh, just to finish up, I, I, if we had more time, I was going to go into maybe Luke a little bit more. I, I went through the book of Luke this week just because I know uh, of all, there's a lot of good interactions of Jesus in there about how the bishop described just he meets people on the road. I mean, if you just think about it, he meets and talks and shares and heals people that are demon-possessed. He meets Simon's, he helps Simon's mother-in-law. He helps the people that are skin disease that no one else wants to be close to. The paralyzed man and his friends who bring him there. It's a great illustration of some of the things we've heard today. He hangs out with tax collectors and, this, and centurions too, and the widows and the and prostitutes and children. And he heals on the Sabbath, even though that gets him in trouble. And the Samar he, he talks, uh, hangs out with Samaritans and the blind. And he just, he just, this, this week maybe sometime, just go through Luke and just look at the headings of the stories of how much Jesus, I mean, he went up and preached too some, but he just went along and loved his neighbor as himself. Um, and so I want to close with, just give us a time to think about that, and then we're going to have a prayer time that Alyssa's going to um, introduce to give us a little more time to reflect on that. But let's, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this chance to hear some beautiful stories. Uh, we thank you for your spirit that moves and we pray for open ears, Lord, and open eyes as we listen and watch for where your spirit moves for us. In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord. Amen.